Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman, and I am here with my friend and trusted producer, Max Kerman. Max, what's up? Hey, people. And we're also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham, back from his vacation on a boat in the Caribbean. Shane, what's going on? Nothing much. It's good to have you back. We missed you, buddy. Yeah, I thought I was maybe I'd be back you. last week, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nut filled in admirably. I thought he did a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today on the show, for our uh, trusty listeners, we have Charlotte Carden. Uh, we played with her once. Did you? University of uh, Ottawa, Frosh Week, last year. Oh, sweet. And I never heard of her. And I was like, damn, she's great. So yeah. I'm what is we, she? Uh, singer? Rapper? Singer, songwriter, pianist. Um, oh, she, model, right. Yeah, model. She's uh, opening for Borns. And Borns oh, that's cool. is very cool. And Borns is a very modelly kind of guy. This is like the best looking tour of 2018 <laughs> by far. Fellas, what's been going on? I feel like the three of us haven't been I in know, a room together great. <laughs> doing a pod in a while. I really missed you guys. Aww. Well, I've seen you, but I missed you, Shane. Yeah, well, I missed you too, you know. In fact, I was right around the corner when you were recording with Nut that one day, but we'll talk about that later. Well, you were home? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's called communication, Max, but <laughs> I was literally two minutes away. Come from, on, really? I swear. But we'll talk about that. Later. In the dessert, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea. I know. Okay. Communication, Max. Well, actually, that night, I went to the Killers concert. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was great. I went to that as well. Yeah. You guys went, so you guys went separately? Well, it was kind of two different groups. We ended up all hanging out at the end of the night, but- uh, The Nut I, hooked us all up with tickets, Yeah, the basically. Nut figured it out for us, so shout out to the Nut. But um, I went because our manager, Ash, it was her birthday, and- Ashley and I spend a lot of time talking about Brandon Flowers of the Killers. And she just always sends me pictures of how skinny he is. And just as a sort of a subtle, not so subtle reminder to stop eating kind of thing. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, Ash is sort of like the, the Max Whisperer. Her and Lauren really do a number on me. It's for the better, though. Did I'd you say. gain weight over the holidays? I'll, mm, I don't know. I didn't even weigh myself, but probably. But I'm on a good, good run right now, good diet. But uh, anyway, so we were really excited for this concert because the Killers are, are also a, one of our favorite bands. We love Brandon Flowers. And it was especially exciting because Rob Loud, who is uh, an amazing photographer, who's uh, done some great shots for the Arkells, is the Killers tour photographer. We've all hung out with him because he was the top man, Mike on Much photographer. Probably one of the most embarrassing uh, photos of me I've ever... Uh... <laughs> Why? <laughs> I look like Kevin Smith. I'm wearing like jorts and like an oversized <laughs> shirt button up with reflective sunglasses. You don't look like Kevin Smith. You look great. Oh my God. I thought we all looked pretty cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> Given that none of us really worked out for that, that photo shoot at all. Sure didn't. Yeah. We kind of seem It's to a hilarious out. photo. If you kind of like squint at the photo and you, you could be like, oh, those are three models. But yeah. if you look at it closely, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. Who are those two guys hanging out with Kevin Smith? <laughs> Got to show you this photo. Continue talking. So uh, anyway, so and we knew we had a chance of uh, meeting Brandon Flowers in the band after the show because, you know, it was Ashley's birthday. We'd pull the birthday card on our friend Rob, say, please take us back and meet and let us meet Brandon Flowers. And that's kind of exactly what happened. Weren't you even trying to get him on the podcast, Max? Yeah, so I was really trying to get him the podcast that didn't work out. Did our friend Rob Loud ask? He did. He, he did his, his best. But we were, were lower on the totem pole than, you know, Indy 88 and CBC Cube. At I the saw moment. he got, he went on cue. I know. I know. I know. We don't have the pull yet. We, we know where we're at, but that's okay because we're, we're fighting to, yeah. to get up there and get those interviews. So a couple of noteworthy things. Uh, one, uh, during the show, and we were like on cloud nine during the show because they're playing all of our favorite songs and the production and everything was incredible. If you have a chance to see the killers on this run, go do it. There's this moment where Brandon Flowers sees a guy uh, holding a sign saying, let me play drums with you. And he says, okay. 
Brings up the guy. Was that a plant, though? Well, here's the thing. He comes up on stage, counts the band in, and is incredible. Now, I was, like, up close for this, and I was, like, a little drunk, and I was, like, buying every second of it. I was so happy. I was like, this guy's doing it. It's crazy. And, like, he was nailing, but he was nailing all these, like, fills that would only, that he'd only know if he watched, like, a lot of, like, live killers on YouTube or has been to, like, every show on the tour. But I still was like, I believe in the magic. Which, which says a lot about me because I'm in a band and we pull off like quote unquote tricks that we do every night on tour. You know tour. how the circus works, I, Max, I and know. you fell for it. And I totally fell for it, right? So, but anyways, I go back and I'm hanging out with um, Tony and Mike from the band. I'm like, did you see that? That was amazing. The, the drummer just pulled it off. And then Tony and Mike are like, no, you idiot. He's a plant. There's no possible <laughs> way that this guy was that good. So anyway, after the show, we go backstage and I, I meet the guitarist. I'm like, was that guy a plant? He said, no. And then I meet like uh, the bassist. Hey, was that guy a plant? And they're all like, no. I was like, this is crazy. And I asked their manager, their tour manager. The guy says he's not a plant, just a random dude. I asked Rob Loud. Everybody is like, this guy is just a random dude in Toronto. So then finally, the moment comes where we meet Brandon Flowers. Because mm-hmm. uh, we Rob says, okay, we can meet him. So we go back there. Very exciting. I've actually met him once before, but it was like kind of more exciting now this time because I was drunk. And with Ashley, who was very excited to meet him, I say to him, I was like, hey, that, that, the moment with the drummer, that was amazing. Was it a plant? And he says, no. And I was like, okay, hold on a second. What would happen if he was f-ing terrible? Like, because it's one thing, because we do a bit mm-hmm. where we bring up a guitarist on the stage who plays my guitar for like the final chorus of one song. Mm. Which is pretty low stakes because if the guy's terrible, I just hit the cut his guitar. Yeah, I just cut his guitar. But if the drummer is terrible, you just have to stop the song, and that's sort of an embarrassing thing to happen <laughs> in front of eighteen thousand people. Yeah. And so I asked him, like, what happens if it went off the the tracks? And then Brandon Flowers just goes, "Huh, never thought about that." <laughs> Which is crazy <laughs> to me because I'm always thinking like worst case scenario all the time. I'm always thinking like in the like when inevitably that the power cuts out at the show. Okay, there's an acoustic guitar backstage. I'll whip that out and keep entertaining. Mm-hmm. But Brandon Flowers seemed to have no care in the world. But anyway, as I'm asked, I, so I tell Brandon Flowers, I'm like, you know, because we do this bit where we call somebody up on stage, and I'm always looking at them in the eye. I'm like, do you know the chords D, G, and E minor? And they put up their hands. And then I really look at them. I'm telling Brandon Flowers this. And he just goes, oh, kind of like Larry David, right? <laughs> and the fact that Brandon Flowers made a Larry David reference, my, my two worlds coming together, yeah. made me so happy. Man, that's so anyway, awesome. That was my, uh, my Brandon Flowers encounter. And uh, Ash's birthday was one for the books. Did you not read about that drummer? No. He's Brandon Flowers' brother-in-law. They were all lying to you. Yeah, I was going to say, that's clearly a confidentiality joke thing going on. Are you kidding? I think now Mike's f***ing with you, though, too. But I don't know. But I clearly still think it's a plant whether Mike's f***ing with you or not. Okay, what is the story here? I was just kidding. I thought she was jumping on the bed with me. No, no. Here's the thing. I was like, f***, now I'm an idiot because now I'm getting tricked by Mike. But I know... (laughs) (laughs) I was joking. I know Mike does that trick, but I was still thinking... I know it's like a, a tr- it has to still be Hold a Hold on. Ma- okay. Max felt the famous cactus story. Yeah. You know, the Cactus Festival TV. Max has historically sort of fallen for little gags like that. I thought you were jumping in with me and we were going to let him go and but then we were going to the pull the rug. I got tricked for a moment, instantly <laughs> regretted it, didn't know whether to own it. And yeah, I'm an idiot. So you think that they're lying though? I do. I don't because I actually did see that guy's Instagram and he's some guy from Ontario. 
He posted it like everywhere that he went up on drums with the killers. So everything I've said has been wrong tonight. <laughs> so far. <laughs> Is the nut still available? <laughs> That's amazing though. So you get to meet uh, Brandon Flowers. Get to meet Brandon Flowers. Ash uh, must have had a wonderful- She uh, takes a picture with Brandon Flowers. Rob Loud gives Brandon his like red checkered plaid uh, jacket. So and they're matching, uh, Ashley and Brandon. And the picture goes viral on killers fan sites. So wow. it, was, it was awesome. Like define viral. I mean, just there's like killer ins- killers fans Instagram accounts. Mm-hmm. They're all reposting that picture. Wow. That was cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, actually, I went to LA with my dad. You're a man of vacations. Yeah. Just like you. No. One thing I noticed, I observed, it was really nice spending time with my dad. We had a great time. Went to a Clippers game. Yeah. We went to a UCLA basketball game. Went to the comedy store. Saw Russell Peters, Joe Rogan, Tiffany Haddish. It was a great line. That's wow. crazy, man. Yeah, it was wicked. Good night. But one thing, I realized that I'm pretty similar to my dad in a lot of ways. And... um I have a reputation amongst my friends for taking phone calls like when I'm in a group. Like if I'm in a car with like four friends, I'll be like, sorry guys, I have a conference call and just like talk on the phone to make everybody shut up for like, you know, 15 minutes. But Nut is famous for that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, another thing I do, I'm sort of very presumptuous if I'm out in public and I don't think I'm like ever kind of bothering anybody. And my dad is similar. My dad, uh, he loves his iPhone, but he doesn't, text he only dictates <laughs> yeah oh yeah i know that so you'll be out with him like in a coffee shop and he's like love you honey and they'll be like all right a note to angela reschedule the meeting at 3 40 and he'll just like doesn't give a shit and like we're on the plane and he's doing it and it's like dad you gotta stop it so now i know what it's like to be in the shoes of my friends who have to put up with a guy who doesn't know his boundaries are you ever embarrassed when it just looks like this grown man saying i love you honey like, oh. <laughs> now nah, it's cute Right. It's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Well, another thing uh, happening, fellas, is we have a sold out show at the Rivoli. Shit, I t- we should open with that. Hey, that's all right. As you're starting the open, I was like, all right, we're gonna get we're gonna talk about this Rivoli <laughs> thing. And then I just and then I started talking about myself and I forgot. Hey man, it's exciting times though. Uh I, I don't know when this pod will be out. We're recording this on a Monday. Hopefully it'll be out on a Wednesday, which will leave us a couple days till the show. Not that you can get tickets if you don't have tickets already. Sold out, man. We're sold on a out. publicity tour though. That is true. Shane and I were on Chum <laughs> FM this morning with Marilyn Dennis and Roger. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, you, I'm not on any of these emails because no. I said I couldn't be there. You guys just cutting me out. Well, we thought that you're busy. You're, yeah. You know, you're, we're going to be on the social. See, the social's a hard get. Yeah. Because I know for the band, we're, I, once I asked, I was like, hey, can the band do the social? Just was curious. And they're like, I don't know, man. So the fact that we got it is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Adam, the publicist here, is uh, making things happen for us. So, so are you guys going to take it seriously? You're just going to make jokes? What, what's, what's the move? Well, I'm bringing the do-rag out again, the purple do-rag. <laughs> okay. And we're going to make all the ladies sing for the challenge. Ah, oh, good idea. Because, you know, the challenge kind of went a little cold over the holidays, mm-hmm. as I predicted. But now we're going to uh, defrost it <laughs> and uh, have it come back. Because I also have been talking to the CEO of Lupus Foundation of America. So, of America? Yes. So they actually have like 30 chapters or something like that. And they're going to take it over. The I Sang for Lupus Challenge. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It's spreading, baby. It's spreading. Hey, and by the way, I've always liked DeMar DeRozan. And I bring this up because he's connected with lupus. His mom has lupus. That's right. I just heard him on the uh, Woj podcast. It was great. And it was an amazing interview. And now I respect DeMar DeRozan literally 15 times the amount that I did before. Yeah, I heard that also. And uh, anyway, now we really got to get him on the pod. Oh my God, I would love yeah. to. But you I got to get him to do the... Challenge, yeah, that too. That's true. 
Um, but yeah, so again, uh, we said this last week, we'll say it again this week. Thank you to everybody who bought tickets and who supports the pod and who donates and who donated to uh, Lupus. Over $5,000 raised so that's, far. That's amazing. It's crazy. Great. Um, so yeah, we're grateful, man. Some are are cool there going to be pod fans, like a lot of pod fans, or is it some like friends and family? There? I mean- I, th- I was actually thinking about that today. There's, there's got to be pod fans. I, I can't. I don't think we have that many. Friends yeah, but people on Twitter are saying they're coming yeah. and stuff. Like when we fans. talk, are they going to listen to us, or is it going to be one of those things where they're just chattering the whole time? No, they better shut the f- up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Going to be good. Yeah. You're not worried about it. I'm not worried about it at all. I, I've actually been smiling about it during the. day. You're like Brandon Flowers on stage, looking at a young drummer in the crowd. Hey, that's right. <laughs> I'm like Max on stage, worried that everything's going to go wrong. Oh, it's good. How, how could it go wrong? It's going to be fine. It'll be great. Shane, Shane, and also, Shane has anxiety, the, naturally. Well, I think of all the tech, like you were just saying, when you look out in the crowd and no, you see- No, no, we'll get that shit sorted out. Right. And also the guy running at Surge, he knows what he's doing. Also, um, I've been binging on uh, Working Moms because oh. our featured guest, Catherine Reitman, is, um, is the director and star of that show. And I recommend everybody to watch the first season because it's really fun. It takes place in Toronto, so you'll recognize a lot of the places. And she comes from a comedy background, too. So I think she's going to be like a really fun, great interview. Yeah. Get to know our future guest, Catherine Reitman. It's going to be Ivan a really Reitman's exciting. daughter. That's right. Yeah. Jason Reitman's sister. Speaking of that, I was in uh, downtown LA and I saw this guy at breakfast who looked who, who I thought was Jason Reitman. <laughs> and he looked just like him. And uh, I was like… I was like, I'm going to go say hi to him because we're interviewing his sister on the show. I thought that'd be, and he, he's been on the show, even though it was a phoner. <laughs> and uh, so, I, so I go up to this guy, I'm like, hey, Jason, right? The guy goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if it was him. That would be cool. And then when I got- No, but the, like, and he just didn't want to admit that it was him? Yeah, I mean, I can also see that because I, I was looking a little fanboyish and that's uh, when you say, no, it's not me. Uh, and also I was, uh, our another upcoming guest, uh, Lena, Lena, Lena Waith. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Who's the star of or the creator of The Shy? Yeah. Am I saying it? The yeah, Shy. I said it wrong in the interview. Oh, you did? I, I did. We'll talk about this when when we have her on the show and we set it up. But I said the Chai. The, oh, the Chai. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I was going smooth people. move, Mikey. Yeah, that's, that's when you got to do the YouTube search to see how people say it. That yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. But I, when I was getting off the plane from LA, she was waiting in the airport. What? And I, but we were on the other side of the glass, so I like knocked on the glass. She like looked up, and I was like. Hi. Did I mean, you really knock on the glass? Oh, wait? yeah. And she, <laughs> she, That's weird. That's yeah. so funny. But it, but it was because I was coming through the American side. Like, there's, it's not like the intermingling. Thing, yeah, of course. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no like, hey, you just did the podcast I'm a part of. Anything else on the docket, fellas? I really hijacked that open. It's okay. I, it's you look kind of tired today. It's okay? a long day. Yeah, well, we, yeah. we were here. I was up at six. Yeah, we were here at like uh, up early for the Chum FM. And oh, I've literally oh, yeah. been, editing been editing since. Oh, so you got that editing fried brain thing. From 9 a.m. until literally I sat down, I've been editing. Oh my God. Thing. I don't know how you I actually got it. up at 4.50 a.m. today to get to work. Oh, got, got here at 6.20. Oh, that's brutal. Sorry, guys. That's no, don't, I, I apologize to our listeners. I, I wish we, were, we brought more, more thunder, more no. steam. We guarantee you Friday will be much better than this. We're no. saving it all for the big live I, show. I think it's been pretty good so far, guys. Don't you be think, so hard on yourself. You're such a positive yeah, guy, yeah. Maxie. Um, okay, well, let's get to Charlotte Carden then. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. I was actually really impressed with her because when I was doing the research before I talked to her, I was watching music videos and whatnot. And in her video for Main Girl, she does like a lot of acting. Like she's like sort of driving the car and she's like bawling her eye. It's it's. I was really impressed with uh, her her ability and level of acting because usually in music videos, like, have you ever thought about acting in one of your music videos, Max? No, it's always terrible. I mean, we, I, there's a few times where I've had to do some stuff, and I'm always very bad at it. So, 
I mean, I did a little acting in, a, in the first uh, Shane directed video, and I was pretty bad, right? No, you were good. Cameron Crowe retweeted it. That's true. He complimented your acting ability. <laughs> That's true. I'll, I'll think about that. Well, I've seen both. And Charlotte, I will say, is very good. Um, <laughs> uh, in that video. Anyway, so we, we talk about that and sort of her comfort level in videos and sort of, you know, making a living at music and, and how she got to the point that she got to. The normal stuff we talk about. Let's get to it. Let's get to Charlotte Carden. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I actually just got back from New York City. Nice. How was it? It was good. I was interviewing uh, Noel Gallagher. Ooh, cool. It was a, it was a trip. Are you, Is he nice? He was. Yeah? I mean, yeah, he was cool. He, he had a lot of funny sound bites and is very, you know, blunt, which is yeah, kind of yeah. part of his charm. But awesome. yeah, he was cool. He was cool. Are you a big Oasis fan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And uh, it's so cool with Liam Gallagher's new whole, you know, project and comeback and yeah but yeah yeah he had like the cool. number one record there for like uh, i don't i think he debuted was he? number one uh liam oh, did yeah cool which i'm sure made noel furious but <laughs> it was good um but you have you been you just were touring right you were on the road for two months yeah we were uh touring with nick murphy yeah who used to go by chet faker um why did he change his name i'm not sure i think um i think chet faker was a bit of a joke for chet baker and and Eventually, I, I guess the project blew up a bit more than he expected it right. to. And so maybe he just wanted to, you know, put the joke aside. I, I don't know. I'm just presuming. But You did not ask this on the whole tour? No. But his actual <laughs> name is Nick Murphy. So it's right. like, I guess it's just more natural for him to go by his own name. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it was that the, I mean, is that the first time you've been on the road for that long? Yes, is absolutely. First tour, like... First tour. Right. Um, we had we had toured for like a week before, um, but that was a two month long tour, um, and it was something. It was it was awesome and so fulfilling in a bunch of different ways. But it's such a different lifestyle I'm not used to yet. Um, so a lot of uh, new experiences. Yeah. When you get a tour like that, and it being sort of the first big time out on the road, are you excited? Are you nervous? Do you have sort of an inherent confidence where you're like, ah, shit, I'll get out there and figure it out? Or are you sort of thinking about, oh, how am I going to present myself on stage? How am I going to go out there and sort of win people over as well as, you know, serve people that are here for me? Mm-hmm. I, um, I don't really get that nervous. Um, not bef- not Not for shows anyways. I get nervous for like the lifestyle that goes with touring because it's just I'm I like being in my own bed like so it's it's a bit of a it takes me out of my comfort zone in that regard but I love performing and and visiting new cities all the time is just amazing it's it's just so fun so we've been doing that and we sort of been um you know, making it a bit of a trip at the same time, like organizing activities and just making oh, it nice. fun. Like yeah. day trips and sort exactly. of things. Exactly. Yeah. And when we have, um, we have days off, like we, we would go like see ball games or, you know, just do a bunch of different fun things. And, it's fun. Yeah. Do you go to any NBA games? No, we, I, I met in baseball games. We oh, okay. uh, went to see the, the, <laughs> the Philly game and, uh, that was awesome. That was so fun. It was my first baseball game ever. Yeah. Ever. I didn't wow. even know the rules. Like I had to ask the guy, <laughs> I was like, what are all these numbers on the screen? Yeah. Like it's very complicated, but now, now I, you got it now. now You're from I Montreal though. It. Yeah. You guys had the expos or was that we sort of used to have way expos. back. You were super young when you, had I was, yeah. Yeah. I think they stopped playing when I was very young yeah. or even before. No, 
probably after I was born, but like not a long time after I was born. Right. So I've never seen the Expos play. Um, but that was a big, big thing in Montreal back then. For sure. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about the video for Main Girl. Yeah. Um, in the sense that, you know, you're very vulnerable, uh, specifically the scene in the car where you're sort of crying uh, yeah. as you're driving. Is it like acting and performing? I mean, obviously, you know, you're performing on stage, but that kind of acting specifically, is acting something that you've sort of focused on and wanted to do in your own videos? Not really. It just sort of happened. Um, so these two videos, um, so you you probably talk about um, Like It Doesn't Hurt as well, that has a bit of acting in it as yeah. well. And then um, Main Girl, uh, I bo- both worked with um, Christophe Brandel, who's an awesome director. He uh, didn't direct um, the Main Girl one, but he did all the uh, images in the, in the video. He oh. was behind the camera. So we worked together on those two videos. And um, his ideas and 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 direction in a way, it just they just led up to me acting. Uh, but it wasn't really something I had planned. But it just it was fun. It, it's not. Um, it wasn't easy to cry in the video. It took me like a few tries. That's but, what I was gonna get at yeah. because it seems very natural and yeah. like something that maybe you've like. I guess that's the thing. So you weren't super comfortable just like, okay, action, and then you're letting it all out. I had to, no, it was really hard actually, but thank you for saying it looked looked natural because it Mm -hmm. it felt weird at first. Um, But I was listening to really sad music. I had a head, like a hidden- Oh, in the ear that's off camera? exactly. (laughs) Like underneath my hair. Yeah. I was listening to really sad songs and then it was easier to cry. <laughs> Get into it? Yeah. Exactly. Were you happy with the result when you saw it? Yeah. It's really cool. And the land, the landscapes are absolutely beautiful. Yeah. We shot it in Iceland and it was, um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really happy about the video. It's really cool. The idea of like sort of success and putting out music and touring, you're relatively young, but you've been in the music pipeline for a while now. Out of high school, had you sort of considered university or, you know, other paths or was it music or bust? No, I was actually, um, after high school, so it's a different school system in Quebec. Um, We have a two year, um, it's called, it's called CEGEP. It's like an in-between high school and university. And it's, and you sort of choose a subject that's more specific than what, what you study in high school, but less specific than what you study in university. Oh, that's pretty it's, good. Actually. Yeah, it's really cool. So, but I chose, um, at first I chose sciences cause I wanted to be a doctor, but, um, you know, soon enough I realized that, you know, music was my passion and I really wanted to do it. So I switched to arts. I finished my CJEP even though I knew I wanted to do music for a living just because I had started it and, but I didn't go to university. No, but you'd been thinking about the next steps that were outside of music and then eventually decided music is where it's at. Exactly. Exactly. Have you sort of, have you done like a, a day job or anything like that in between or has it been sort of school and then career music? Um, it did overlap. Like I, I would write songs all the time, um, at the end of, you know, of school and, and, um, but I did model for a while, Yeah, but that, you know, it was just a day, it was just a a job for me. It wasn't something I wanted to do for a living. Um, but that was kind of my student job. Right. Is modeling difficult? Yeah, I, I didn't, I, I, I thought it was really difficult because it really wasn't for, it wasn't for me. Like it wasn't an industry that I liked. Um, so I, I found it difficult because it's just, to me, it's just absurd to, to 
base everything around what you look like. Mm. Um, and, you know, but, you know, that's an industry that a lot of people are passionate about. And I totally respect that. It's just for me, it just it just didn't feel right. But it is, you know, there's really nice things in fashion and, and you know, there's a lot of um, artistic expression that's, you know, that's wonderful in the industry, but it just wasn't one for me. Well, you're working toward a full length now, right? Mm-hmm. So you yeah. have the EP out. Yeah. And then you're working toward a full, a full length. Is there anyone in particular that you're listening to uh, that's sort of informing the way that you write music or you're inspired by? Um, well, recently I, um, I've been listening to the new Daniel Caesar a lot. Um, his new album is just absolutely wonderful. Um, I, I'm not that not that my music um, sounds anything like his, but um, I just like the way he sort of does things his own way. Like it doesn't fit a certain mold. His music is just so unique, um, and I like the way the whole album progresses. You know, you can listen to it from A to Z, and it's just like a full experience. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. So in that sense I'd like my um my full length to be sort of a a fun experience just to listen to it but it's not that it's gonna sound anything like Daniel Caesar but just for the whole experience around sure it. like almost like an impression board like it's yeah, like, a, like yeah. yeah like a mood board like exactly. just a it's nice to travel with the artist I, I Radiohead who's my absolute favorite band they do that so much in their albums it's just the whole atmosphere it just really sinks you in and i really like that about albums what's your favorite radiohead song house of cards <laughs> right now but right. It, it, it changes, changes right? it changes every day yeah. <laughs> well you know it's it's always interesting to me i ask this actually a lot and i i, I even asked this of noel i mentioned him off the top mm. is when people get into music or they start writing it's because they're creative inherently or they want to express themselves or they want to get up on a stage and be seen but it usually comes from a place of kind of like um fun like it's fun mm-hmm. to pick up a guitar yeah. or, or sit at a piano and go oh shit i can write a song yeah but then when you get into a career like you have now, it shifts and you go, oh, this is now, you know, music in sort of as a business. Yeah. Is that something that an easy transition for you to make or are you still sort of, I'm coming at it from a creative place and other stuff I don't mind? Or do you ambitiously sort of go, I understand this is how I get my music out and I have to be a part of the machine? Yeah. Um, a little bit of both. I've There is a lot of... Um, you know, technicalities that surround music once you start doing it for a living and not just for fun and, you know, in your basement for your friends. Totally. Um, But once you understand them, it becomes fun again. You know, once you like know that certain things you just have to do because, you know, that's that's how people are going to hear your music, then it, it, it gets easier to do those things like, you know, like press days or photo shoots or stuff that you didn't really expect to go with music because you just want to make music um once you just get that you know it's it's part of the game you just you just do them and it becomes fun because you know it's gonna make people listen to your music hopefully hopefully (laughs) (laughs) um actually i do this podcast um with max kerman who sings in arkells oh cool yeah and he knows um molly from atlantic yeah yeah awesome so you signed with atlantic in the states and you know from my understanding there was a bit of um like a bidding war for you so you were very sort of uh, uh in demand person so my question would be being in that situation how do you go about choosing sort of the best situation for yourself and, and how cognizant of that are you? Is it like relationships or even hesitant to sign with mm. a big label? Like where, how do you approach that decision making? 
Um, well, I, for us, it was just about signing with people that we appreciated as human beings. Because mm. once you just start comparing numbers and and and, and money and, and legal terms, it's just it gets so overwhelming. And and music is not about that. It's about you know sharing passion with people. And and so we met with the labels we were talking to many times. Like we met with them. We had dinner. Like we had coffee. We would go to the office. We'd like spend time with the human beings behind the desks. Um, and it just got, it just got easier to choose because we just really liked the people from Atlantic. And obviously, you know, they're, they're an awesome label that, that mattered as well. Yeah. Um, and but their you know their values and their vision was very important, but also just like who they were as people. That's how we decided to go with Atlantic. Right. You know, you mentioned like when you get into other stuff, you kind of lose sometimes a, a bit of the purity of the music mm-hmm. and what it's about. And you write, it seems, from a, a personal place. Yeah. Is there? Have you ever like when you're writing, maybe pulled punches or held back or not sang about a certain person because you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings? Not really. I, <laughs> um, I don't only write from personal experiences. Like I'll put a lot of, of myself and, and my my experiences in my songs, but I also write some fictional things. So I guess sometimes when I'm concerned that the – that hasn't really happened though. But if I were to write about someone and I thought it might hurt them, I'd maybe add some like fictional sure. things in the song just so that it's – it's just not too directed at one person and some elements to obscure the, the pure subject of the song. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'd do that, but I, that hasn't happened yet. Like I, I, I usually just, I usually do 50, 50 kind of fictional versus stuff that actually happened to me. And, and I haven't gotten any like angry phone calls or anything like that. With a song like main girl, yeah, you know, sung from the perspective of, you know, the girl or the partner that is sort of the second choice. Mm-hmm. I guess the question would be like, I guess personally, do you really relate with sort of that person that's sort of, oh, I'm the backup or I'm when it doesn't work out with your main girl? Or could you sort of maybe more relate with the main girl? You know, the person that basically yeah. is like, oh, you have this other person on the side. Like which part of the equation do you find you relate with most? Um, I mean, I think... That's never like that's that's never actually this precise situation never happened to me. But um I guess just like not being like liking someone and not having them like you back, that's happened to me. Uh-huh. Um and I guess so I guess I'd be the I I'd be the not the main girl, the other person. But sure. um you know, I've never had that exact situation happen to me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, I think the idea of liking yeah. someone, having them not like you yeah. back as much is a pretty universal, like, I mean, yeah. and if somebody hasn't had that experience, then they're living a charmed life. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, you're bilingual. Mm-hmm. Um, was there ever a thought to maybe write in French, like lyrically? I, I have a couple of songs in French. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, so far, it's just been easier for me to write in English, even though I have a francophone background and my parents are... French and and I grew up in Quebec so my whole education was in French um there's something about French that just makes it 
harder for me to write in that language. I don't know. It's just such a precise language, and and I find it can it can sound tackier um, more easily than English. Mm. Just the, just the way the words sound. It's such a beautiful language, but it's really hard to master. Um, so I've just been having a, a hard time writing as much in French, but I spend almost as much time. I spend as much time trying to write in French that I do in English. It's just I come up with more songs in English at the end of the day. You just like the way that those words sound uh, better. They almost flow more. Yeah, there's like there's something more ambiguity about, as well, maybe in the language. Yes, absolutely. In 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 English. Yeah, yeah I find that if French is very specific, very um, precise, and so I find that English there's like a bit of a. A, more of a mystery to it. Yeah. And I like that about music. But once you're able to master that in French, that's amazing. We have incredible songwriters in Quebec. And in France, there's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful lyrics. But for me, it's just harder to master for now. Maybe at one point it'll switch. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're preparing for a show, you know, or you're visualizing a performance, like... I guess the question is like you're opening for Borns in North America mm-hmm. coming up, right? That's mm-hmm. pretty exciting. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, are you going to do anything differently than you did on the first tour? Meaning like, oh, this worked, this didn't work. And, and how cognizant are you of that? Or do you just get up and sort of sing in a moat? Um, I'll, for sure, I'll change a few things from the previous tour. Um, but we usually just feel it out from a show to the other just because so we'll play in a city and then realize that a song didn't work as well so then we maybe put it on standby for the next show and then depending on the crowd we play it or we don't like it's harder it's easier to do it from like a show to another when there's just a few days in between because then you just you just know exactly what worked a little bit better rather than on the last tour it's you know I I don't know if the crowds will be you know the same I don't know if those two artists I I'll, I was touring with and will be touring with have the exact same crowd. So I guess it depends on on a lot of different things. So we'll probably just feel it out from a show to the other. <laughs> Does that make any sense? It, no, it totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess the idea is it's like um, how much thought goes into this is what the 40 minutes or is yeah. going to look like from sort of front to back, you know, and yeah. crowd interaction or, mm-hmm. or the way that you present, I guess, is how how much that goes into the thinking going into the shows. Um, well, I mean, we're going to we did realize like on the last tour that there are certain things that if we had known we would have planned before, like maybe some some like visual supports a little bit, like some few things that we're going to. Uh, switch up for the next one. Um, And then, so for sure, like we take our last experience and then try to improve it for the next one. But um, um, like really main, super important things. I, I don't, I don't really know like what would change. We're going to play new songs um, and we're in, we're in the studio right now. So we're working on new songs. And so for sure, um, in between the last time we played it, going into the studio and then playing that same song after recording it, it will have evolved. Of course. Um, so, you know, our, our mu- I like to think that it's just a constant progression, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> it's an evolving yeah. thing. Do you, you know, as a solo artist, you know, there's always a, a bit of support or people you lean on. But at the end of the day, it's sort of like your name, your music. Mm-hmm. Um, are you very... 
Like, are you comfortable with being the boss and being in control of your own career? Um, I mean, I, we, we really work as a team. So I never really see myself as being the boss. Like I, I play with a band and we're always together. Like, it's not, it's not like I hire musicians sometimes and they change. It's like we're, we actually work as a band. So I do write the music and they're my songs. So in that regard, it is a, a solo project, but, um, I don't really see myself as being the boss just because we're always, you know, the same people together and, and they're my close friends. And so I don't, I don't boss them around or anything like that. So, but, the, but if any, say the drummer left or the bass player, yeah. like if any of those elements of the band changed, you feel like it would change the dynamic. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, the, you know, the, the guys I play with are also a huge part of how my music evolved in the last few years. Like we've been jamming the songs together when I first write them. Um, they record in the studio. Like we do everything together. It's not like, it's not like they're replaceable or, you know, it's just, we're a band. It's just, I, I write the songs and it's my name. Cause at first I didn't have a band, but now, you know, they helped me evolve so much and, and. You know, it's really just a whole ecosystem. It's not just me. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I guess lastly, you know, uh, these last, you know, few years have been good to you. If you were to project mm-hmm. out and all of your dreams were to come true and everything that you want to accomplish could be accomplished, what does the next five years look like for you? Um, well, I guess just to keep on traveling and, and being able to play music to a bunch of new crowds and in a bunch of different parts of the world that I haven't seen yet. Um, that's all I want just to share music and do it for as long as I can. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. Welcome to the dessert. We are here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham filling in for the nut. (laughs) Shane, how's it going? That's a good joke. Uh, (laughs) Well, I guess I wanted to talk about that episode, if that's okay, Max. Sure. Unless you have any ideas to spring on me right now. No, no, no. <laughs> no, let's go for it. Okay, so last week, as some of you may have uh, heard, the nut filled in for me. <laughs> Which is fine. Yeah. I don't care. But sometimes, like usually Mike and I, if there is going to be uh, like someone I'm angry at, Mike and I are so clo- around each other all the time, like brothers, uh-huh. we're more likely to have a bone to pick with each other or sure. get in a little argument. But I was, was a little upset with you yeah. <laughs> last week. Cause like sometimes I don't know, like you're in real life. You're, you're very nice all the time. Yeah. But sometimes you get a little sneaky. Like you, sometimes you'll come on the pod and be like, you know, putting down your Hamilton fans or, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And then I guess you had this idea that you thought would be really great to have the nut on, but not tell me. Yeah, because as I said on last week's episode, Mike said, he asked me a few times, make sure you let Shane know just as a courtesy. Yeah, I know. And I know you, you're always like, no, it'll be great. It'll be great. (laughs) You you always say it's going to be great. (laughs) And you think that the dessert, I guess, is just a continuation of off the top conversation. (laughs) And that can just happen at the end and we'll just slap the dessert brand on it and that'll be the dessert. (laughs) What you don't know is Shaney Boy's planning and plotting the dessert from the cruise. And it it didn't ruin the last three days of of my trip, but it was definitely causing me anxiety and, and something to worry about while I was on the vacation. Whereas had you had simply texted me, I could have relaxed and said, oh, this is great. 
<laughs> but no, sneaky, like, evil Podmax had this idea. Because <laughs> something pretty, actually, crazy, really crazy, probably the craziest thing since we started this pod happened to me on that cruise. What? That That's is quite crazy. a tease, man. Because you went from Tinder to dating Alex, to engage to Alex, to marry to Alex. <laughs> to knocking Alex To, to knocking up Alex in the span of this podcast. And this is the craziest thing that's ever yeah. happened to you. Well, I would say, even with all that, I still think one of the weirdest things was it, uh, the Vanessa Bachelor pod. Yeah. And this is, I I'm, I'm don't know if it's going to be as entertaining as that, but it's, it's weirder and crazier than that. Okay. Can't wait. So, it, yeah. In continue. my defense, you, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we were talking about the uh, podcast, the live podcast, and how you wanted to use the projector and do a bunch of things related to your cruise. So I thought all the That's incorrect. Is that incorrect? <laughs> yes. Mike <laughs> had suggested that maybe as an idea. Oh, in my mind that you that was going to happen anyway oh, this in week. In fact, and then I come back from the thing and Mike's like, oh yeah, we had this meeting and uh, yeah, you're going to do a live dessert. I'm like, what? Like, I totally start panicking then. What do you mean? You, you didn't think that we were going to do a dessert? No. On Friday? I had no idea. It's just a show. What I is, thought it was like complicated. I thought live this. shows are a little different no, and having an audience. No, 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 no. I edit, you know, sometimes how bad the desserts are, and I edit them down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our listeners are shocked right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought the desserts were bad. Then I heard the nuts dessert. <laughs> like, that was next level. Well, like, and. Mind you, I've gone to the weight loss well. Sometimes I come in here and I have absolutely nothing to talk about. I'm like, oh, I'll just bullshit about how I need to lose some weight or whatever. And it's good, mindless filler. But over the Christmas holidays, the nut physically assaulted me. Oh, sure. And slapped me in the face. So you'd think it was like, hey, anything to talk about? Even though I was two minutes away and had you had told me that the dessert was happening when it was happening. What were you doing in Toronto, by the way? I, the the airport is in Toronto, so uh, I land there, uh, okay. and I was driving by this building <laughs> as the yeah. nut was doing the dessert. Like I can, like as Webmaster Day was posting, yeah. you were driving. Oh yeah, and there. I'm like, that's crazy because I still thought you were on the the boat. That's nuts. No, well, if so, Max had messaged you, I would have known. You know, I did eventually. I settled in, and I'm like, I accept this, and this is gonna be kind of funny because you guys were posting on the Insta story yeah. somewhat interesting stuff. It was like the nut kind of thinking, and it was like you. The caption suggested that you were giving him ideas to bash me with at the rap battle. Uh. I was like, this is good hype. And I thought maybe you would talk about the psychology behind his slap. His big slap. Why he he did it, what was going through his mind. If he picks on me, if he's nervous about the rap battle. And we could maybe talk about the episode that a lot of people probably missed over the holidays. Uh -huh. And I'm assuming a lot of people did miss that episode. So if you haven't Go back and it, listen. The nut attacked me. It's in the Jingle Ball episode. <laughs> that dessert. The nut slapped me. <laughs> Also, there is a plan for on the Friday, uh, this Friday. Yeah. Live show, sold out. Thank you, everybody, for buying tickets. As, as retribution, I'm going to slap the nut in front of the entire crowd. Yeah, that's good with me. I, I know. <laughs> is, is the nut down with this? Yeah. And th <laughs> yeah, this would be great conversation to have on the last pod with the nut, like oh. how we feel. But instead, we get the nut's weight loss tips. I thought it was a pretty good close. I won't call it a dessert, but I thought it was a pretty good segment, to be honest. <laughs> Come you're not on. calling it a dessert now. Yeah, well, now I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to change the wrap. <laughs> okay. And, and then here's oh, so, not only this, like, so the nut frames it like he is this 
guy, this nice, cordial gentleman <laughs> who struggles with weight problems. And I'm this bully who's just nitpicking him all the time. And there's no devil's advocate defending me. So I'm just <laughs> listening to this pod going insane when it was actually released. And then when the nut does give me a compliment, he's like, yeah, but you know, Shane's so, so attractive and good looking. And you're like, hey, come down. He's fine. So you can exaggerate all day long how thin the nut is when he's maybe lost four pounds. But when Shane's good looking, it's like, whoa, let's hold the presses. He's fine. Uh, Let's roll the clip of that, actually. Shane has made uh, a life of making fun of my weight uh, publicly. Like Shane making fun of him, how he looks. Like I don't like to give him a lot of credit, but he's an attractive man, that Shane Cunningham. Yeah, he's fine. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, to be fair, I didn't. I wasn't there for the slap episode, and I. I mean, Did you I was, listen to it? I, I no, no, sorry, I skimmed it. Yeah, who's <laughs> producing this pod? No, 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 sorry, no, no, sorry. I was there. For, sorry, I wasn't there for the slap itself. No, which would I would think make you all the more interested. Yeah, Mike yeah. wasn't there either. I know. I, I but do, it didn't live on in my head the way it lived on, and that, I guess that's when you're a victim. It obviously, it sticks with you in, like, in a way that a common. I person, was honestly scared for my life. Yeah, and I don't think I and I hadn't really seen you since then, so I don't think I really appreciated how deeply mm-hmm. you were scarred. And if if I had realized well, that, then I would have been a little more sensitive, and then the content of the clothes, not the dessert, would be different. I was scared for my life, just to be clear, because I would have killed the nut had it gone <laughs> any further, and then that would have affected my life. Like yeah, you yeah. would have got life in prison. Exactly. That's why I was. You weren't scared that the nut was going to attack exactly. you again. Exactly. Do you think you could beat the nut in a fight? And if anyone had listened to that dessert, I go into that in detail. <laughs> to your He's point, he's the only one of the champagne boys I could actually beat up. <laughs> Besides <I> gotta- <laughs> you, right now with me and you fighting. So I got a text from an unnamed champagne boy Uh-oh. who was uh, telling me about an encounter he had with a friend, and he said she also said her friend Maddie is a big pod listener. And was shocked how arrogant and full of himself the nut is in real life. <laughs> Apparently, on the pod, he comes off as funny and cute. So, the, you, confirming it, exactly what it, what you're wow. saying. It's like in real life, the nut has a is a little more uh, edgy. Uh, I know, or, and, then, uh, and I'm made to look like a total asshole bully. Meanwhile, it's the exact opposite. Yeah, I'm nice. <laughs> He's like, you know, I struggle with the weight problem, and Shane's always putting it down and exploiting how <laughs> ugly I am. <laughs> anyway, That's also true though. He slaps me. I mean, put, he slapped you. Yeah. He's not as nice as he seems. He's sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maddie's right. Yeah. So, but so that's to Maddie. So anyway, I'm sorry. I should have been more thoughtful. Like, and do you not find me attractive? <laughs> of course I find you attractive. <laughs> what was all that? He's here's fine the, bullshit. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> He's fine? Well, oh, because my. obviously you and Alex are so attractive. Mm. And you don't want... You know what? I always find it kind of annoying when, like, there's a hot girl in the room and everyone's like, you're so hot. You're so pretty. You're so hot. It's like... You feel like that's always happening to me, Max, and it's enough? No, but it was because of the context of... Well, first of all, you get complimented often for your good looks. Uh, Vanessa that from is the, true. Vanessa that's from true. The Bachelor. You act like you're this, like, oh, this guy who never gets any attention. Vanessa from The Bachelor <laughs> was f-ing hitting on you. But then all the girls made fun of my looks Yeah, there. but you're just keeping in mind, the, like, the, the few times that girls, like, kind of, like, think they're snickering at you, which they're probably just actually hitting on you, but during the grade three thing when they're actually, like, that kind of thing. You know what? So you're probably right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, I, so that's what my reaction was. All right, they're fine. Because whenever it's, like, you know. So that's why I said it. You're, what you're saying is you take the nuts side, and that's okay. I didn't say that. Anyway, <laughs> what else do you got? All I have down here is f*** you, Max. That's <laughs> <how I'm gonna> <laughs> <end>. <laughs>
That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you on Friday if you're in Toronto and you have a ticket to the live podcast uh, with all our ticket money. Going to Lupus. It's a good cause. Thank you to Charlotte Carden for coming on the show and everybody else that listens. A huge thank you to Jenna Gregory and Tara Paquette uh, for providing and putting together the artwork. Uh, please listen and subscribe on iTunes. Leave a comment and ratings. Uh, that really helps the show grow. Uh, huge thank you to the gang, Justin Stockman, Webmaster Dan, Mike McShane, everybody here in the building. The kind people that mix our episode every week. There's a rotating cast of them, and they're all fantastic. The Mega Much Podcast is produced by Max Kerman, and I am your host, Mike Veerman. See you next week. We don't die on the weekend. Boom. Well.